Hello and welcome to Music and Film Science Club Podcast. I'm Chris Rice and I've got a very special guest today. So today I've got, uh, we're doing a Valentine's Day special. So I'm here with my lovely wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hello. And what are you doing here today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's been uh, she's been bribed to do the podcast. I've given Gareth a week off, and uh, yes, um, today Jenny is going to be taking me through uh, ten of her favourite films. Isn't that right? Yes. And uh, you haven't put them in any order, have you? No, I've, I've had. Um, you've been asking me to do this for a long time. I have. And uh, I've been thinking, I couldn't even think of 10 films <laughs> at first. But no, obviously we've seen a lot of films together. Yeah. Um, and we you know we love our films and watching films together. And I really wanted to choose films that I sort of discovered on my own. Mm-hmm. Not ones that maybe you've pushed I've, me down to watch. <laughs> I've made you watch again. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I've come up, I've had managed to come up with 10 films. Um when I look back at them, they they actually some quite old films. Yeah. So they range from like even nineteen fifty four, I think. Really. I looked one up to to two thousand and one. Um, and a lot of the films actually were probably I I didn't see any of them originally in the cinema. Some of them I did. Um, and there's some sort of core themes. I I don't know what it says about me. It's a, it's a bit of a window into who you are, isn't it, when you pick your top films? Well, you have got quite a wide range of... You've got a quite a wide taste, really. You watch most things, don't you? I mean, really, it's only sort of horror, I would uh, say. Yeah, you, like you, 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 you veer away from a bit. But apart from that, I think you watch most things, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and I think a lot of the films I've chosen, they're, they're quite similar themes, some of them. Well, some of them are quite different, but some are quite... There's a lot of sort of nostalgic, bit of coming of age, romance or violence. <laughs> They're quite different. Travel and music. Like there's a lot of the films I really love. They've got a great song I love with it, or I've got the album as well. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of films that could have made it into the top ten. Things like I love the Star Wars films, the Marvels, um, Batman. Like we watched. The first bat, what's the Batman called? Batman Begins. Yeah, I absolutely loved that film. Yeah. Um, I love all the Rocky films. They nearly made it in. <laughs> well, I think Rocky Balboa was one of the first films you and I saw in the cinema together, wasn't it? It was a very early one. Yeah, I do enjoy those films. Yeah. I get quite into the yeah into the end scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, even Indiana Jones. You know, yeah, I do love a lot of films, but I've really yeah, I've tried to choose some different films that I've really loved yeah. um, that you wouldn't normally have t- spoken about on your podcast. No, well, I didn't I didn't want you to particularly copy my top 10 or 20 or whatever we, that uh, Gaz and I did or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it's, it's going to be nice to hear. Yeah, but they're so, not in any order. No, that's fine. Oh, that's that was fine. too much for me <laughs> to cope with. It is difficult to do an order, though, because there's times when you prefer one to the other and all that type of thing. I mean, often with me, there's always a, I know there's a definite one, two, three or four I've, I've got, but even like Gaz and I were talking about on our favourite film list, it was a difficult one to do and it changes over years. So, and um, that's the way it is, so. So, go tell me your first one then. My first one is one of my favorite, actual favorites. Okay. 
and it's called Working Girls. And I think this was in 1988. Yeah, I think you're about right, yeah. Um, I just, I really love this. Even today, I love it. And I think I asked for it on Blu-ray or DVD or something. I've always loved it. So, yeah, it's anyone who doesn't know it, it's Harrison Ford, Melanie Griffith, Sigourney Weaver. Um, it's got a great song, Carly Simon's song, Let the River Run. Yeah. I just love that song as well. Um and it's sort of a bit throughout it, and definitely at the end, it, like it breaks into that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a film. It's got great haircuts, great style within it. Real like iconic images I can see. Um, it's a bit about like dreaming, thinking about changing your life. There's a bit of a love story in there. Um, it's got a big, very 80s vibe, isn't it? That sort of business, yeah. aspiring to yeah. be like that sort of American 80s dream of it, isn't yeah. it? And it's got one of your favourite Harrison Ford. Yeah, in. I've always liked this film because I, I, well, as you as you know, I don't actually don't mind rom coms and, and that yeah. type of thing. I think it's a bit more than a rom com, but I don't mind uh, that type of film really. And uh, I've always liked Working Girl. I thought it was a really good film. Um, a lot of sort of actors in it that as well that sort of made it big later on yeah, David Cosby is in a is a in it as a as a party guest and Alec Baldwin's in it as well and, and stuff so it's a great one working girl and it's always one that you whenever we <laughs> whenever I go Jenny choose a film you always choose working girl <laughs> don't you well, you always it's always on your mind to choose anyway isn't it yeah I'm going it out now and I go not working girl again yeah, no, I've, I really have loved that film for quite a long time. <laughs> so that had to be in there. I, I, that was probably the one that I guessed would definitely be in there. <laughs> um, so come on then, tell me the next one. So number two, the second one I've got, Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, so another wrong sort of com. Yeah, it's right. Um, well, that's a definite wrong com, Bridget Jones's Diary. Yeah, again, everyone would have seen this. It's... it's um, it's a film I've watched quite a few times. Um, I suppose came out just before sort of I was off living on my own, but sort of watching it being single, yeah, woman on your own sort of yeah. thing, looking for love. It, it's just it's a great, yeah, it's a great story. I think a bottle of wine on the go. Yeah. Again, for me to know it, like it's a film I liked. Um, I think that this was one where I got the second book. It made me want to read the next book, and for me, I never read, so like I did really get into it, and I and I did read the second book, um, linked to it, and also like the second film was um, like when I was working for like for Nivea, we got to go and see the second film. So like, like I'm talking about the first film here. Like that whole sort of group of films really enjoyed, and and that second film, we there was like a bottle of Nivea in it for about ten seconds at the beginning. Yeah. So we all got to go and see it in the cinema, like pre-launch sort yeah. of thing. Um, and I was late to it, so I didn't miss the bit. So I had to see it again <laughs> to to see it. But yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of sort of good memories thinking about that film. I really like. Yeah. And the third one, uh, um, Bridget Jones's Baby was the last because obviously you and i oh, used yeah. to go most weekends to cinema both of us had the unlimited card uh for oh. city world and um 
Bridget Jones's Baby was the last film I think you and I saw together before our, our boy was baby. born. Yeah, so uh, it's um, uh, once again I've always liked the Bridget Jones films, and obviously you've always been a bit of a fan of the Jane Austen adaptation. Well, exactly, yeah. And it basically is Pride and Prejudice, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I had if that was a film, that BBC adaptation. With Colin Firth, like that would have been in it yeah. too. I absolutely loved that, and I had that as a box set as well. What about the Kira Knightley version, though? No, not so much. No, <laughs> I didn't like him in it really. What was his name? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. Well, you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <don't you? laughs> I don't care. <laughs> he's one of the ten. Yeah, no, he's not in my top ten. I think no. <laughs> so number three. Um, number three, I've got. I don't think I've been watched this for a little while. Um, the Godfather. Oh yeah. I absolutely now that's quite old. That's fifty years. Yes. Well, it's been re-released on in four K and re-released in the cinemas. All three of them are as part of the fiftieth sorts of celebrations yeah. of, of of the first one. This I guess is quite different to my last two. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I really enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy the whole. Was it a trilogy? Yeah. Yeah, the whole trilogy. Um, even the third one, I really like. To be honest, I know not everyone likes the third one. I think. No, it's been re-edited and renamed. Oh. This last just last year, called um, the death of Michael Corleone, which oh. is what you originally wanted to call it, but the studio would have said, "No, you have to call it the Godfather Part 3. So it's been sort of re-edited and re-done. Um, yeah, I do. I really like it. Again, it's very dramatic and the story winds and you get really in, into these films and the characters, don't you? And, yeah. and until when you have more than one film, you really get into it. Um, and I quite like, always like, a, like the link, Italian films. I've got another one linked with Italy. Um yeah, it's just yeah, it's a really good, sort of gritty film getting yeah. into. I mean, the first two are amazing, and there's not much between the first two. So I've always liked this. The second one, the flashbacks with Robert De Niro, as as well. I've always mm. liked them, um, but I think the first one just about pips it, mm. and I think the setting it's in as well. I think is more more interesting um, than possibly the second one, but. There's not much in it, those first two. And the third one's all right. It's not that bad. It's just not as good as the first two, which is often the case. So, um, And again, the music yeah. with it, it's very iconic music, I guess, with it. And that all, that all adds to it, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It really layers it up mm -hmm. to make, yeah, make it real classic. Amazing. So your fourth choice. <laughs> the fourth one, Karate Kid. <laughs> Um, well, so we were just talking about great songs. Like, I really like this, this song, You're the Best. <laughs> Which I can't remember off the top of me who sang that. Is that the, the main song from that first? Yeah, yeah, Cruel Summer, Banana Rama's in that yeah. one as well. Um, oh, who sang You're the Best? I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, yeah, have a look. Um, yeah, I think these. Well, I'll say in the first film here, but again, I've got, obviously I've got the box. We've got the box set, haven't we, for all of them, and I do quite like them all. Um, I think the first, the first one there is definitely 
Yeah, it's again, there's this thing about this sort of growing up story, this sort of training and building up to the climax at the end with the final fight. Um, yeah, the great music with it. It's. Um, Joe Esposito yeah. oh. sang, sang you all the best. <laughs> Never heard of him. No! I thought, I thought it'd be something more, more well known, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it's great. Really, yeah, really, and like the the lot that that kick at the end when everyone tries doing that. Well, it's, it's, it's the, well, it's from the director of Rocky, the original Rocky, um, and he directed all. Oh, I can't remember the name. He directed all the first three, and it's a very similar film, really. Yeah, in that's terms why of, I like both, probably. Yeah, then. but we've been loving the Cobra Kai. I know. That, so that's that's a rule. You know this sort of nostalgia craze that's going on at the moment with films and TV series, and that that's really done. Especially that first series of Cobra Kai, really did that well and brought that mm. back because the first, once again, the first two Karate Kids are good, but the third one probably is a bit step down because it just tries to repeat what happens in the first one with a few extra bits in it. Um, but that's often away there's only so much you can do but that cobra cars really expanded it but um yeah i know what i know you like a bit of karate kid mm. <laughs> it's good. um do we move on to your next one yeah i'm flying through this. i know you're fine for you your normal podcast is well, about well, two hours well this this will be the, probably the most listened to one now <laughs> um so yeah my next one um it's, it's one of my more favourite ones. Um, it's, so it's called Room with a View. Yeah. Um, and I looked this date up because I couldn't believe how old it was. It, I, it looked up and it said it was 1985. <laughs> um, I mean, I remember watching this. It would have probably been on Channel 4 or something on the TV. And there were a lot of these films on. I watched on my little TV in my bedroom growing up. Um, so Room with a View, it's... It's Helena Bonham Carter, Daniel Day-Lewis, Judy Dench. Um, Maggie Smith's in it. Yeah. And there's a great lot the of Yeah. Um, you know, they're all really young. Um, yeah, it's, there's a bit of comedy in it. There's a bit of, there's a, you know, falling in love theme. This sort of travelling theme as well. They, she, they go off to Florence and sort of this whole... Yeah, I guess being young, going off to new countries, exploring other cultures, seeing the world, and just there's just beautiful shots. It must be like Tuscany and Florence and places. Um, I just absolutely loved that film, <laughs> and I just like yeah, I've watched it loads of times. Because it's directed by James Ivory, and James Ivory then sort of became. I think Rumour of You may have been one of the early ones that became quite synonymous with those sort of period mm. romantic films they made quite a few across the late 80s and 90s um, but I think Room of the View is one of the times when you've gone we've been in the shop and you've got oh I'm gonna buy that I'm gonna buy that DVD it's quite a, a, quite one rare my, one of my 10 <laughs> DVDs I actually own myself um but I could, when you did buy it it was it was the first time I've only seen it once it was when you bought it um not not out of all of these, not real so much, but I think because I find the pace very bit slow. Mm. But um, I don't think I really disliked it, but I just, 
just find the pace of them a bit slow. But that's part of the appeal. It's sort of it's supposed to be sort of taking into the surroundings of the where they are and trying to be up. I think it's a fairly faithful adaptation of the novel. Um, and uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a cast of people that uh, are all still around. Uh, well, yeah. if, if they're alive, they're still around working today. It's just a real, yeah, romantic theme or just this, yeah, look, quietness about it or going so exploring somewhere on your on your own a bit. I mean I I did a little road trip to Florence on my own and I probably went there because of this film. Yeah. Um and with the art side, the artistic side there. Um yeah, I mean and also like there's I look, I looked up something know what it was called. Um that there's a song from an opera by Puccini, is that right? Yeah. Um, it's it's something like Oh Mio Bambino Caro or something. Oh my dear papa, and this, it's actually sung by um, Kiri Takanua. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that that music as well. I just you know I don't really know necessarily what the words are all saying and mean, and mm-hmm. I find there's not many songs like that, but it feels really emotional and you can go more more on an artistic vibe with it and, and with um with that um yeah again when that, when you hear that music it's just really um yeah i just love it cool is there any sort of just before you go on to the next one is there any sort of films that people are always going oh these films are brilliant these films are brilliant that you, th- you you just don't get you find them either overrated or you don't understand why people are so have i put you on the spot then? <laughs> that's a bit out of the no <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know there's there probably some is there sort of like a director or a type of film that you know there's always something like People always go on about, oh yeah, they're brilliant. And you go, oh, I don't really quite. I've never really never quite got. got I've like, never quite got into comedy, comedy films. Like there's some I like, but some people go, oh yeah, it's so funny, and I often don't none that see. Are, like spring to mind massively. I think I think maybe like Lockstock and that kind. Guy Ritchie for some of the, but I read some of his films. But I like the Sherlock films. Yeah, did. yeah. Um, You've never. Um, you never. I, mean, I really don't like some horror film. Like I, yeah. I don't enjoy sitting there, seeing a horror film. No. I like I sort of jump in and, and I think why do I? I don't find that experience enjoyable. What about Tarant? Is it Tarantino? You've never been a massive fan of his films, or more? Yeah, than the others. But then but I do. I like Kill Bill. And yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Maybe some of his more recent things. Yeah. What if you think of any more? No, you must stump me that one. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, you know, I have to sometimes just come up with a question. It's all podcasts yeah, all about. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody, the prep. I've I'm gone off the work. prep. <laughs> right, so what number are we on next? Um, we're on number six. Okay. Um, yeah, so this number six is Sabrina. Um, and really, it's the Audrey Hepburn yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've 
wanted to put an Audrey Hepburn one in. Yeah. Because I, I do really quite like, like my old films. Yeah. Because um, we do watch a lot of new films with all special effects in things. So I do, I said when I think, when I look back and think, what films have I loved? Yeah. Is it going to be the older films? Um, and also, like you said, sometimes... Who you are changes quite a lot as you get older, and so and you look back on things in different ways. Um, or, or especially when you're a mum and you're working, you lose sight of who you really are and what you really like because you don't get much chance to think. So, yeah, look, all these films are really what I used to like <laughs> if I had time now. Um, yeah, so anyway, with, with Audrey Hepburn, there's a few films well, I've got the, another box set, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Breakfast at Tiffany's nearly made it in, but I think the actual sort of story of Sabrina, again, I liked. Um, again, a theme of going away, growing up, <laughs> travelling, coming home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is also our mate Harrison Ford in a, isn't there, in a yeah, remake. Yeah, remake. And I quite yeah. like that one as well, because I just love the story. Yeah. But the real original probably, yeah, is... Um, is a great story but Harrison Ford's again probably like a good best main man in yeah. it really who's the uh, do you remember who's the man who's the man in the Audrey Hepburn version there's he two because he's a really, brother isn't yeah. he two brothers he's probably someone really famous I can't think of his name I'm going to look I it up to get, I wanted to guess but I don't know Colonel Gregory Peck or something isn't it yeah. no he's in Roman Holiday yeah it's like Bo, it's not Bogart, is it? No, it's not. It's someone who you, you wouldn't really think is that. He's not sort of good looking, I think. Here we go. He's quite older. Yeah, well, that is. Uh, right, so the 90 foot. Right, so it's based on a based on a stage play. Sabrina, mm. which that's why that's why I mentioned to you last night about Sabrina Fair, the uh, name of the stage play Sabrina Fair. So that's why sometimes people call the film Sabrina Fair. So Sabrina was directed by Billy Wilder, who I think directed. Um, well, he directed Sunset Boulevard, um, Some Like It Hot, um, and it is Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. I won the quiz. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, and William Holden, who's another famous old actor, as the as the other. So yeah, it was a it was a quite a it was a starry cast then. So uh, yeah, and it's a to be honest, it's a of course you can imagine Humphrey Bogart in that role. Of course it's him. You know, it's that type of thing. It's almost like Harrison Ford playing him in later years is the type of often the, they they play the similar type of roles ah. Harrison Ford and, mm-hmm. I mean um, Humphrey Bogart did play a sort of an archaeologist type adventurer type of thing in uh, uh, The Treasure of Sierra the Madre I think the name of the film is and that was an inspiration for Indiana Jones oh that's funny so though. yeah so it's um, and he often played those type of gruff parts Bogart like in Casablanca mm. and all that so um yeah, and often the older man to the younger woman, which often was the case, especially in old Hollywood. So, okay, number seven. The Way We Were. <laughs> now, this is one I've never seen. I said to this earlier, I said, I've never seen The Way We Were. So, 
Well, this is actually 1973. It's yeah. quite old. It's, just, it's Barbara Streisand, Robert Redford. Yeah. It's got a great song with it. I just, like, I think it's called The Way We Were. Yeah, song. It is, but it's yeah. sort of like memories and looking back you know, on, on how you were when you were young. Um, Barbara Streisand sang the song, didn't she? Yeah, you? and I, I've got a Barbara Streisand album with all her songs on, so that's why I probably like it as well. Um, I think my mum probably liked this film, probably well heard of it really. It's been on the TV loads, like on the BBC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it's 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 a bit of a political film within it, but it, it is about you know growing up. Um, I guess you know the two main characters falling in love. Maybe they're they're not you know some from different sides. Um, like at college, he's sort of a real like athlete good looking good everything comes yeah. easy to him she's sort of like an activist and um you know intelligent and stuff but you know yeah very different curly hair like not like the, yeah the american sort of couple like you know like would have been in those days um yeah and then getting getting together but then it not working out in the end um yeah, it's, again, it's, it's all pulled together by a great song. <laughs> and Robert Redford is great and he's so young and um, good-looking and young and everything. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, I think, again, it's a good story. And um, very, yeah, like, a, like an old film like that, really. Directed by Sidney Pollack, who, uh, the late Sidney Pollack, who also directed um, uh, Tootsie, out of Africa, the firm, and also directed the remake of Sabrina. Strangely oh. enough, Harrison Ford Sabrina. <laughs> um, I love, do love Out of Africa, actually. Um, yeah, so he directed a lot of films. Uh, passed away in two thousand eight, but um, yeah, it's uh, and he also acted Sidney Pollack. He's in um, he's in Eyes Wide Shut, Death Becomes Her. Um, he also sometimes used to turn up as an actor as well. But, um, yeah, I've never seen The Way We Were, probably. So it's not like just a romantic one. It's got more of a political edge to it, has it? Well, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is mainly what I take from it. But, you know, there is... um, It's sort of set... must be the Second World War. He goes off to a war. Oh, yeah. And they come back and he meets... They meet up then and then they get together. But And she's... He's like, I think he's going to be a writer in Hollywood, and she's sort of with him. But she's got quite strong political views. It doesn't fit in with sort of he, you know, he just wants. Well, they're not a quiet life, but yeah, you know, he's just sort of doing that, and, and other things are more important to her, you know, her principles and things, and uh, yeah, sort of like yeah, they that moment they're together and it works and then I think everything else going on they're not and they're not yeah. I haven't watched it for a little while but I just know oh yeah that's one I've really quite enjoyed yeah and I like this, the music you hear that and it just gets you in the mood for it cool so what's your next one so here's a here's a different one and it is actually more modern <laughs> Uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Ah, that was in my top 20. We've got one. We snapped. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, to be honest, I remember seeing this and absolutely loving it. Um, and I don't, I can't think of what, if there was anything much similar that had come before, really. Well, I think, I mean, Gareth, Gareth and I chatted about this. Um, I mean, because obviously it was 20 years last year it, it came yeah. out. So it came out 2001. And it came out literally a month or six weeks after Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone came out. And I think those two films really changed blockbusters in the 21st century. I think that's why we get more um, franchises, more, not new ones, adapted from other things. But I think it also made films longer because they, 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 a lot of blockbusters tended to be in the, on the two-hour mark. But then when this came along, it was like, you know what? We're going to be faithful to the books and we're going to, you're going to be here for two and a half to three hours. And I think that's why a lot of films now do are the length of them. But I think before, it was a massive gamble because it was um, New Line, who at the time, because Warner Brothers have bought them now, but New Line at the time were an independent studio and they coughed up three films back to back to be made. And fantasy films like that have never really done well. I mean, in the eighties, a few chop was attempted to be made. Willow is a one that comes off the top of my head. There's a few others, and they never did well. And in the nineties, is almost none of that type of thing made. That sort of fantasy sword wizards and nothing. Science fiction was that's different, but fantasy and this really changed the. The scope of it, and, and and a book that often was cited as unfilmable, was you know, and and properly edited, and characters that weren't needed taken out, and all that type of thing. Um, and I do think I agree. I think the first one, I even think the first part, the first book, or the first the first is the best part of that book anyway. Um, and it's that sort of beginning of it, and those the black riders and how good the special effects were just looked real and that's part of the that's that's to get the audience on side it's it's taking the stuff seriously and that's yeah. what it did it was um i mean i think harry potter i didn't even realize harry potter was out there at that time because i didn't i hadn't watched them had i until no. i followed them from you so whatever i was up to in 2001 <laughs> That, that passed me by a little bit, but this really gripped me. Did you go to cinema to see it? This? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember, that's the thing I'm mm. saying. I went to see it in the cinema and I was like gripped by it. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. And I went straight out and got the, the book. Um, and as I said before, I don't ever read a book. But this, like I read, I, I so enjoyed it. I, I had to know what was going to happen next. Yeah. And then, to be honest, because I don't normally read a book before a film, then when I saw the film, I sort of wish I hadn't, because I sort of knew what was coming and it was in a slightly different order. Well, The Two Towers is a strange order, because you have the first half of the, the book, that is, the first half of the book with The Hobbits? Or is it... I can't remember. The first half of the book with with one party, and the second mm. half of the book... So they don't... They, yeah, where, whereas now an author would write it so you'd have one you know they'd all mush yeah. together and it'll be you'd be flitting back and forth and that's obviously what they did with the film there was no way they could do that with the film because it just made no sense so um yeah i mean it must have been a good film 
to actually make me go and buy a book yeah. and, and want to know what I like I had to know what happened next. Yeah. Sort of thing. Now they are amazing and they're still amazing and they still look good. Um and they're still, you know, still grip people and uh yeah, I think it really sort of came into this new sort of modern filmmaking and it goes to show that when when you, things are taken seriously um i think the audience or, or the budgets put behind it to make everything look real and lived in and realistic and that's what harry potter that's what lord of the rings that uh, what star wars did it made things look realistic and i think that's what um was one of the things that people and also lord of the rings is such a classic book it always would be a popular book so I think it was, um, yeah, it was always, it was, it's really sort of drove, driven forward what we have now in cinema for this century, so. Well, I've only got two left. Well, go, that's fine. So um, the next one, penultimate one, is Dirty Dancing. Ah, had to be. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like, I don't need to talk too much about it, everyone's seen it. Well... <laughs> <laughs> every woman has seen it not wanting to be too uh... no again well I keep saying the same thing a bit I just I love that film um, coming of age film the dancing it's got it all it's got the dancing there's the love story side there's the, the music and I had the CD for the soundtrack for the film and I think I probably wore that out in my Clio um listening to that all the time um yeah it, it's good again one probably been on channel four a lot i watched it with, it was watched it yeah many times um, it's when i watched it with you when you bought i think there was actually another dvd you bought actually when oh. you bought the dvd i think it was the first time i would seen it all the way through oh. i'd seen bits of it but i'd never seen the whole thing all the way through when i watched it with you mm. um i didn't mind it i think it's all right the dancing's good. It's got yeah. yeah. It's not all happy, is it? The story no. and there's other things happening, but um, again, it's like it's a winning combination of things. And yeah. it's, I think especially women enjoy that film, and I yeah, I really liked it. And it's got a, yeah, it's got a classic song. Actually, you're right. A lot of the lot of the films you've picked, there is a classic. I know. Big I never song. knew. I'd, listen to music so much <laughs> I could also do this as my top 10 <laughs> top, 10, that's like, top 10 uh, songs from films you could do that could be the Done. next one <laughs> well yeah um, but that's another thing that doesn't happen quite so much now you don't get often get a big song with a no. film mm. uh, it sort of faded out late 90s sort of became a bit cheesy um, so yeah, Titanic did it but uh, late 90s early noughties it sort of started to fade out that sort of Thing. But eighties and nineties was the real time for the big song yes. with the film. Yeah. Um, that is good. But it doesn't. It's I mean, not quite so happens so Dancing's a bit. Is, is it a musical as well now? So yeah. The songs are really entwined. Part of it is it almost yeah. like a musical. Yeah. But without it being a musical. It has old songs in it as well, isn't it? Because it's not yeah. set. Can it's not set in the eighties, is it? No. no, that's great as well because it's a bit. It would look. It looks old a bit when you watch it now. Yeah. Well, it, it's. It was already dated. Yeah. 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 The films that are already dated, are always are, are always the best. Mm. 
because they're, they're already dated and that's the idea of it so um and often films 80s films the problem with 80s films is that <laughs> they're very dated at times so um right so go to your last one last one so I, I spent i did have trouble finding the last one right um and then i thought you know what i haven't got a proper musical in there okay and i was tempted even by west side story because i have liked that and we did they did do that at my school um not that i was in it of course but um yeah anyway so the last film is greece <laughs> um 1978 um I've seen this one many times. Well, I've seen it a lot as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's really, it's something you've watched lots of growing. You watch it quite, when you're quite young, can't you? Yeah, you don't get all the references. No. For the jokes, but you suddenly um, would look at it like, oh, I used to watch this when I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, great, really great songs. Um, I mean, I think my mum and dad, they, that year, they I mean, they went to see it in the cinema. That was yeah. before they had me. And we had the tape. Um, and we used to have the tape in the car when we went on holiday and things. So, um, yeah, real, real great music. And, and this was one, actually, I, I remember, actually, the the theme tune, Greece is the word. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Barry. I remember, actually, this is something you would do, like... Tape, writing out all the words <laughs> and listening and stopping it's it on the tape. Because again, I just love that song. I, like, oh, I want to know the words to sing along to it. Because that was written for the film. Mm. So the original musical stage musical um, didn't have Sandy in it originally, and it didn't have Grease. And there's another song because that way they were written for the film. So when the film came out, it became so popular. When the stage show came back in the 90s, obviously they then put those songs oh. into the stage show. Um, the Grease was written by the Bee Gees or Barry Gibb, who were at, at that point in time were at the top of their game because they'd done Saturday Night Fever the year before. Tragedy came out the year after. So uh, they were at the absolute top at that point in time. Um, but the... Well, I mean, you're the one that I want in Summer Nights. are still two of the best-selling singles of all time in the UK. Both of those. Mm. Um, there is an argument to say that sometimes the uh, Grease mega mix is overplayed. That's <laughs> yes, yeah. And that's slightly. Uh, I think it slightly takes a shine off them. But and I but I do not agree. There's this, there's a few people that have say that Grease Two is a better film. That's not that's not that's not true. Grease is much better. Um, and um, I still really like Bruce too, though. Well, I don't, I'm not saying it's not a bad film. I, I don't think it's. But a, I would say the first one. The first think. one's the best one. Mm. Um, great combination of John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, and we had it. We had it taped off the telly, and we watched it a lot. And my dad by accident taped over the first ten. So the, it always started when he. I think it started just before summer nights it always started just before summer nights or around that time it was the, because we had that that bit because and obviously then then the theme music with all the animated because it's like an animated start isn't it mm -hmm. we never had that bit it was taped over <laughs> it started just literally just before summer nights 
Um, but no, I mean, I've always liked Grease. It's, it is a, it's an easy film to watch. Yes, some of the songs are overplayed, but there's often a reason why things are overplayed. That's because either they're good and they're popular. Um, so anyone that poo-poos that, you know, you've got, sometimes got to realise that the reason why things are become overplayed is because they're popular. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong in that because people like them. I mean, I quite like the um, like the, the worst things I can do song. Yeah. At least what it's called? Is it's called? Yeah, that. I know, that's that's what it's called. Yeah. But I'd really love. That's one of my top songs in that film. Yeah. That's one I'd like singing along to. Then some of the more you know common, the popular ones. Um, that was the first stage show yeah. we went to as a family back in the early nineties. Went to London to watch oh. it was Greece with. Um, think it was Shane Ritchie as mm. Danny and Sonia as oh, that's like the Sandy. Yeah, it was Craig uh, Craig McLaughlin and Debbie Gibson did it originally. Shane Ritchie was playing mm. to Nikki and then they were like the next cast afterwards. Oh. I can remember seeing that really and, and, and really liking it. But, uh, yeah, so that's my 10. I think that's 10. So if you picked a favourite out of that, those 10, is there a favourite out of those 10, do you think? That's very hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's probably there are probably some films if I you know thought of other films, I think oh god yeah, I I would have put that in, but this was just what came to my <laughs> mind, and we've still got all the films in boxes. Yeah. In our house because we haven't unpacked them because since we moved, so probably if I saw a load of other films up, then I might think oh. I wish I'd put that one in. Are you saying you're going to come back and do ten more when you've uh, packed the boxes? No. <laughs> um, I mean, room with a view and working girl. Like, <laughs> I really like those. Yeah, yeah. It's not that I necessarily want to watch them tomorrow. But yeah. They're just ones I look on fondly. Yeah. And Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, those three. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then, yeah, a few different ones yeah, that no. you normally would um, no. think about. Well, thank you very much for, for joining me, Jenny. Has this put you off? Are you going to do another one with me another day? I may be tempted. <laughs> <laughs> for the right money. <laughs> you don't realise how much she's uh, charging for this. Uh, <laughs> I think she feels that, I think she re- she doesn't realise my ten, my 10 listeners <laughs> don't justify the cost. But um, of course you do. Thank you for listening, everybody. But um, yeah, so well, I think I think uh, I've really enjoyed uh, you doing this, listening to your takes. We don't normally, we wouldn't normally necessarily sit down and talk we about talk it. Anymore, <laughs> we? We watch films. <laughs> We're too busy watching films. We don't talk. No. Um, but uh, no, it's been. I've really enjoyed it. I think you've been uh, really good, and um, I, I'm welcome any time. And you know, you can come back and do and you know, either we do unbox the, the unbox the boxes, so to speak. We yeah. you can you know I, could, I might do a music one. Yeah. You know, at some point. Well I would I'd like you know, albums is difficult because there's so many of mm. music, but you can do songs. It's often ten songs that are personal to people for many reasons, you know, and um that that's 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 one. So it's um yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank now, you. Good night. <laughs> um, and that's Music and Film Saves World podcast. Our Valentine's Day special with my lovely wife, Jenny. So uh, uh, thank you all for listening. 
we'll be back very soon. Um, I think Gaz and I will be doing Power Hour Part 2. So that should be coming next. We've also got uh, a Britpop one coming up, a Star Wars one coming up, Oasis Blur. We've got lots coming up over this next over this series. So thank you all for listening. Music and Film Saves the World podcast. And from me and Jenny, goodbye.